What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Welcome on in to another episode of Stick to the Gimmick. It's episode 107. Meaning we're seven weeks removed from the first episode that we did in the quarantine. So that's pretty crazy that it's already been almost two months, two months and change, something like that. That means we're seven weeks removed from WrestleMania and stuff. I can't believe how quick that happened. But there are things happening. As we move into the summer, we are in the final weeks and final parts of May, going into June. Like we said last week, the sun was out. Now, unfortunately, this week, it's just been rain, 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 but that's okay. Because eventually, it's going to be sunshine again. At least it's warmer. The snow's gone for us here in Northeast Ohio. That's nice. I saw that Marty was outside yesterday. That doesn't that doesn't happen very often. He's playing Uno, apparently. I'll let him talk about that here in just a minute, but I'm glad that he was outside enjoying the fresh air. I was helping do some yard work for my grandmother, so exerting some, uh, you know, physical energy, good stuff. Kept kept the rent short this week, because we're going to go right into NXT, and then we'll talk about AEW and going into Double or Nothing this Saturday, as we are recording on a Friday afternoon. But before we get into both of those, Marty, tell us about your Uno game and tell us about your life. I uh, was outside and playing Uno, and I got sunburned. You got sunburned? Yeah. We you got sunburned the, the first time you went outside? Well, yeah. I mean, we moved the table out into the sun, so we were sitting in the sun. And we were out there for, you know, a little over an hour or so. Did you win the games of Uno? It. Uh, it's not done yet. It's still ongoing. Yeah, because apparently when you play Uno, you're supposed to like add up all the points of cards afterwards, and it's the first person to 500. I thought it was a one-off thing where you win by game, but apparently not. So, All right. So the game is currently still going on. Is this one of the longest games of Uno in the history of Uno? Probably not. Yeah, you're right. It's <laughs> Someone's probably dragged it out a little longer than a day. Um what about the game? What was the last time you played Uno? Um, probably half a year ago. Dude, I haven't. I don't think I've played that 
I don't think I've played shoot probably since like maybe the early years of high school. I missed Uno. I had I had Uno Attack, the one where you put it in the machine and it would freaking just come oh, at you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a little like gun. Yes, that was really fun. That was really fun. Please let us know the last time that you guys played Uno. That'd be awesome. I it's just I haven't heard Uno in, in quite a while. The only thing I know about Uno is that it's turned into a pretty solid gif when people just say like draw four or reverse and they put it on Twitter. That's pretty much what I know of Uno now. But I miss Uno. Miss card games. I played a lot of like rummy and blackjack and stuff like that with my parents when I was growing up. Card games. Bring them back. That I mean, is mine. They never left. They never left. They never left. Yeah, I know. We picked up our phones and started playing whatever the hell they're playing nowadays. I, I've turned into grumpy old man. I, I have not. I have refused to get a TikTok. I very rarely surf on Twitter the way I did, even shit, just like you know, five, six years ago when everything was just like memes. I mean, it, it is all memes now, but it's just not the same. It's just like new memes, you know? The stupid young people new memes. Marty cancels everything in uh, mutes everything on Twitter. I, I think that's a funny point, funny thing, too, that he does. Yeah, the second that it starts, it gets muted. <laughs> Let me guess. You already you already muted the uh, me and then 2020. You, you already muted that one, I'm guessing. No, I haven't seen a lot of that yet, so... Oh, God, I see so many of those. <laughs> All right. I was going to cut the rant short early. It was like at one thirty, and then I started talking about Uno. But that's just how it is. You know, these things jog into my memory, and then, boom, everyone's screwed. They just have to listen to me because it's my slash Marty's podcast, and I can talk about whatever I want. So now I'm going to get into NXT. But before that, mind you to follow us on Twitter at GimmickPod. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Stick to the Gimmick. I am on Twitter at Spinny Rasslin. Marty is on Twitter at Martin David Harp. Okay, so NXT uh, biggest things here that, that that stuck out. Let's talk about the main event first because uh, that was a pretty pretty big um, big happening there. So we had Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley going one on one, which was considered to be for the number one contendership. It wasn't officially, but they were going at it because they wanted to kind of figure out who would be Charlotte's next competitor. And it was a really good match, by the way. Uh, it was good to see Rhea back in action. That was her first match since WrestleMania, dude. Like, that's was, crazy. Was it really? Yeah. Hmm. She hadn't been on. She hadn't been on TV. Remember, she was gone and everyone thought that she had the travel ban. But then we figured out that wasn't true. And then we just hadn't seen her on TV because EO had won the, the ladder match and she was the you know focus of attention. But that's wild. Um, it was a really good, good stuff, though. You know, good to see her back in action. Uh, EO, I could watch just for days. Uh, she's just so good. Um, her her like move set. It's, it's kind of funny that her idol is Rey Mysterio because like you see a lot of Rey in her her arsenal. And it's just like, not even just like the six one nine stuff, but like the springboard action and stuff like that. I again, we we go into EO all day and talk about how she probably is the best competitor in the ring in NXT. Period, dude or chick, you know. Um, but 
this one ended up uh, getting ended early because Rhea Ripley uh, ended up throwing Io Shirai into Charlotte on the outside when Charlotte quote-unquote interrupted. She didn't really interrupt. She came out to see what was going on. And then they ended up kind of getting into it there. She came into the ring, Charlotte that being, and then ended up booting both of them. So, as I predicted last week, not like it wasn't a hard prediction prediction or anything like that, but looks like we're going to get a triple threat for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, They confirmed it. They did? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Guessing it's in in your house? Yeah. All right. Cool. That's going to... That's going to tear it up, dude. That's going to be a hell of a freaking match. That is going to be a really good match. And uh, I know Marty hates it, and I'm going to continue continue to say it because, again, this is partly my podcast. I love Charlotte Flair. She is the only person and the only wrestler I know to be able to dominate three shows. I love it. I and mean, when she she's kills it everywhere. to dominate three shows, it helps that way. That's true. But she went on Raw, you know, beat up on Ruby Riot. Obviously, we know sucks for Ruby, but that's another. That's beside the point. Charlotte kind of starts this little thing between Bailey and Sasha, and you know, like inserts herself in that, and then she can just go. She goes from show to show, and just one, it helps. It helps other talents because they're getting TV time. It's not like she's squashing everyone. Like these these girls are getting really good TV time. Most of these matches are not just Charlotte wins in two minutes. Like, I think that that's really good on their part to do that. And I know it sucks for a lot of people to see Charlotte, you know, win and win and win. But again, I think that if you are that good and if you just like are superior in the ring to most of them, then you should win. And that's my, uh, Weekly Charlotte rant. But I'm happy to see uh, those three get into a, uh, a a match together. And I'm not exactly sure which way they're going to go here uh, because I feel like the Charlotte thing might be an experiment for NXT to get some eyes there. Um, or they could just continue to have it happen. You know, because in, in this case of the triple threat, you can have Charlotte lose. She doesn't have to get pinned. Mm-hmm. And the NXT championship can go to either Io or Rhea. So... I think that'd be the the logical way to do things if they did want to take the title off of Flair. But that's something we're just going to have to pay attention to. So, uh I thought that was a a really good thing. Um we can let's go from the 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 end of the show to the start of the show. Uh this was really good. Uh so we had Karrion Cross take on uh Jobber B, whoever the person was. Um by the way, this dude's suplexes are nasty. Like, well, they've been pairing nasty, them against nasty. smaller people on purpose. Right, 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 right. That's again, that's kind of besides the point, though. Like, it's not only it's the he's got the the back suplex that he does where he he makes them land on their neck. But did you see that Northern Lights suplex that he put on this dude? Yeah, like it was a snap Northern. I've never seen anything like that before. Usually a Northern's, you know, like just kind of a technical move where it's a soft landing. Not well, not a soft landing, but he like slingshot North Northern Lights suplex this guy, 
and it, it was nasty looking. Uh, then he put the cross jacket on. He won. And then we ended up hearing Tommaso Ciampa's music. And this was awesome because we haven't seen Ciampa on TV in, God, what, since he got taken out by Cross. And then he hadn't he hasn't had a match since the Johnny match in, in the in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. So that's been a long time. But uh, our assumptions were incorrect uh, because Cross isn't moving on, uh, apparently. Champa is not letting him move on. And uh, we've got another takeover match. I'm guessing this is going to open if I had to. Uh, it's going to be Tommaso Champa versus Karrion Cross at In Your House. Didn't he say when he called him out that it was going to be the main event? He said, welcome to the main event. That doesn't oh. necessarily mean the main event. It could be. I mean, it, if it is the main event, then you know they're hella high on freaking Karrion Cross. Uh, to main event your first takeover like that who else has done that you know like that that would be one hell of a rub uh, but I think Champa just said that in the in the context of he is the main event type of well I mean he's he's way. already going after um, they had him go after their number one guy so yeah yeah uh, I, I like that little back and forth that well it wasn't really a back and forth because Champa only talked but the the way Champa set it up I liked because he was basically saying that he didn't blame him for the way he did things. He actually might respect it. Um, and it, it, it was just a, a really good, he, he was very slow and deliberate the way that he delivered this, this promo. And it kind of, you know, introduced that, okay, it's personal type of thing. Um, but I think that there's many different ways this can go. Uh, and we'll save that for our in your house preview, which will, Consequently, be uh, I think uh, two weeks from now, if June seventh is yeah, 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 It'll be two weeks from now. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, we had the cruiserweight championship tournament continue. Uh, firstly, we had Akira Tozawa and Phantasma. I'm not saying El Ijo Del anymore because it's way too long. Uh, this was an excellent one. I, I thought that this was one of the better matches of the night. Um. Tazawa, I feel like, is such a he's, a... he's a workhorse, and it sucks that he jobs on the main roster because you just see how much talent he has when when he gets, you know, 10, 15 minutes to work. Um, uh, Phantasma, I'm still... I'm still waiting a little bit to see, uh, you know, what else th- th- that he brings to the table. Uh, I do love his finisher, the, like, Death Valley driver-looking thing, or Death Valley, I don't know, it's like a driver from the shoulders. Uh, that frog splash off the stairs onto the apron was really nice. Um, I, I'm I'm still waiting, but they, they I will say this: uh, they did continue the storyline with Phantasma and Marty. I'm Wait. telling you, from 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 day one, I've been telling you on this one. Telling me what you were going to say something? No, I, t- you're telling me what. Telling you that Phantasma's been behind it the whole time. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we agreed that it was his storyline. Well, no, but I mean, like, that he's been behind it, though, because, okay, you're telling me Phantasma's about to get in his car, and Tazawa's walking out, and, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. And then just so happens to have another van of two Lucha Libres and masks coming out and, and assaulting Tazawa while 
Phantasma can't get out of his car to help him because he's pinned against his car. Come on. Well, yeah, I mean, I I definitely I think, think that's that happening he, now. He's the leader. I got two qualms with it though. I don't want it to be a fucking Dark Order ripoff, which is like kind of what it's going to it's feel it's going to feel like that. Obviously because just because of the masks, the comparative nature, like you have to compare them at this point. Um <sighs> And if he's not in charge, like, if he's not the person that's behind all of it, it has to be a debuting superstar that's behind it. Right. There's only one of two ways to go about it. I think that, but he is technically still, you know, so fresh that I could see them, you know, this was his storyline. This is the way that they're introducing him because it looks like he's a goody two shoes, you know, in there right now. And he's high-fiving everybody. I think that he's behind all of this. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I, I can definitely see it because there's nowhere else to really go with his character other than making him some sort of like evil mastermind kind of thing. You know what I mean? I hate that. I hate that you said that we have to compare it to the Dark Order though, because it could be just co- something completely different. They're just wearing masks. You know, but like, I mean, that's... like you know, it's compare. Like you, everyone's going to compare it. It doesn't mean that it's like a valid comparison though is all i'm saying i mean they might not be a cult but it'll be you know it's a faction of guys who abduct people and wear masks how do you know that they're gonna abduct people though other than those two maybe that you know maybe they're those are the only two that he brought in and he had negotiated with it beforehand i'm just saying it might not be a valid comparison because dark order recruits they don't abduct there's one uh, I mean, so been, they could be recruiting. Okay. They took who did they take? Um, they took they took Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, Phantasma and Tazawa are both two and one. This is something, by the way, interesting. And I'm going to leave this point uh, because we're going to talk about the next cruiserweight match. Um, so Tazawa and Phantasma are at the top of group B with a two and one record. Now we had Drake Maverick and Kushida later in the night. Uh, outstanding match, by the way. Uh, I, I think that uh, putting Kushida in this light of the, the, I don't give a shit. I'm going to still keep on cranking your arm, no matter how much you hurt uh, was really good. We saw a different side of Kushida here. Um, this wasn't like a straight up cruiserweight side of Kushida. Like he was, more ground-based, honestly, and strategy-based because he knew he hurt Drake Maverick's arm early, so he continued to focus on it the whole match. I feel like he's always been ground-based and strategy-based. I mean, like, yeah, you're he right. Had that you're right. He's not bouncy. You're... Gulak, so. Yeah, you're right. He's not He's not bouncy. You're right. I guess that was a poor poor way to, to say that. But uh, I, I, how about aggressive? How about, um, Rel- again, like more give? Yes, yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. I need to win this tournament. Like, you know, like, but not in a heelish way, but in, in the way of, okay, I'm going to get it done. I don't care about, you know, what's going on with you. Uh, because, like, the ref kept looking at him. And, and sometimes even Kushida would hang on uh, when the, the break was, the, the rope break was supposed to happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had that happening. Uh, and Drake's obviously playing the, the underdog uh, this whole time. By the way, Jake Atlas comes and stops out to watch the match again. <laughs> And um, I have a theory behind that. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Um, well, as you know, Drake Maverick ends up winning 
And so we get good roll up, by the way. Yeah, good roll up. So I, and I love that counter, by the way. The the bulldog off the top rope into that that armbar. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. So it's a three way tie between um Atlas. And you were wrong, by the way. Tazawa and Phantasma are both not two and one. Tazawa won that match. Oh, really? Yeah, he's three and zero. Oh. No. No, 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 no. I swear to God, no, he no. won that match. No, he didn't. Well, now I have to look it up. Um, but anyway, so what's-his-face wins? Drake Maverick wins. So there's a three-way, two-one tie. Yes, and, and this is why I said that this sucks for Tazawa, because Tazawa lost to Phantasma. Oh, Phantasma did win. All right, never mind. They're both two and one, so I don't see the logic. I mean, I understand the head-to-head logic. Of Phantasma being the only one eligible in Group B. But Tazawa's still 2-1. and one. And if they're going to do a three-way thing here with Maverick, Atlas, and um, and uh, Kushida to see who goes on to the finals to face Phantasma, the, then I don't understand why Tazawa would get the short end of the stick. You, you know, you get where I'm coming from? Wait. Tazawa is not moving forward. Eliminated. He's eliminated okay, because that, he lost to, to Phantasma. That doesn't make sense. It it does make sense if they were to apply the same logic to Group A. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. Who did Phantasma lose to? Uh, Swerve. Okay. Yeah, that that doesn't make sense. It's it's my it's mind fucking me, and I don't under I, I don't understand the logic on that side. I do understand the logic on on the left side, sort of, because each of them have a head to head win against each other, and Tony Nice went zero and three. So right. I understand. Yeah, yeah that 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 does not make sense. I didn't. Re- I I was under the impression that Tazawa had won. He was three and zero, and he no. was moving forward. No. So look at the bracket it's weird yeah it's that weird. that absolutely a, yeah. doesn't make sense i'll give it to you on that one but i do have a theory on atlas on the group a side okay so there's a two two one tie between the three between atlas Kushida, and maverick drake yeah next week there's a triple threat match i see either drake winning that match and going on to the finals and i see drake pinning atlas if he wins next week, Drake pins Atlas, moves forward, goes up against Phantasma, and I Atlas costs Maverick. Atlas at costs the Maverick final. the match. Yeah, because there's just nowhere to go with his character, with his like super baby face character. So you think that they're doing some type of like Rocky My Via shit and and kind of pull a swerve on us here? Maybe I think that they're gonna do something to where like Atlas costs Maverick the tournament, even if it's not Maverick winning next week. Like if it's Atlas that like let's say um, Drake next week hits his finish on Kushida, and then Atlas throws him out of the ring and takes the pin. Mm-hmm. Something like that will happen where it's like Atlas cost him the tournament. And I, I'm hesitant to say it'll happen in the finals because I think the finals is where we're going to get that payoff from Phantasma's thing. Okay. The um, masked guys that are in the cars. The masked guys. But yeah, like that's I think that that's the payoff for that. 
as the finals, uh, and I think it'd be too convoluted to have two different storylines start in one match. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a lot going on at at one time. I do think, though, that there is something that happens with Atlas and Maverick either next week or in the finals, and that that masked group with Phantasma has some sort of payoff in the finals as well. Okay. They've done a good job at keeping my attention, though. And I I think there have been some really quality matches during the entire entire tournament, so I'm interested to see how it, uh, you know, comes together and and, ends. All right. Let's talk about so so Mia Yim had a match against Santana Garrett. Uh, Mia won. By the way, I will give Mia this: uh, the new version of Protect Your Neck. I'm into that more than the Eat Defeat. The twist and the knee into under the jaw, that was good. Uh, thing that happened here though is what Marty had anticipated uh, last week is Mia ended up getting uh, you know a tongue lashing basically from Candice coming down the ramp by the way johnny <laughs> being super annoying and supportive of, of candace honestly makes me laugh i mean i know it sucks that like he's he's turning into what he's turning into mm-hmm. uh but i admittedly laugh like when i see him come out and like he's just like repeating exactly what candace is saying it, it it's kind of funny to me but anyways so candace goes in and tries to ambush mia after the fact um about getting opportunity after opportunity um and then johnny tries to get involved and then what happens keith lee comes running down and makes the save and johnny and candace ended up leaving and uh keith ended up challenging johnny and i'm assuming that means that candace is gonna challenge mia or mia's gonna challenge candace and maybe we do get that mixed tag. It's either that or we're getting both of them. So I don't I don't know which way they're going here, but it certainly seems like mixed tag makes sense. But it also could be Keith and Johnny for the North American Championship right away. I don't know yet, but it it seems to be trending that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that it's going to be. I think we'll get singles matches, and then it eventually will be a mixed match. Okay. But that they're going to be intertwined for a little bit, I think. It'll be an easy way to keep them all occupied while everything's going on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, God damn, there's a lot of things that happened. Uh, let's talk about uh, Roddy versus Loomis. So uh, before we even you know start the match or whatever, uh, the decision to have Roddy go over on Loomis and win clean, I thought was very smart. Uh, to extend things, if you know what I mean. Uh, we know how dangerous Loomis is, how he's been stalking everybody, but I love that they didn't make Roddy look like some punk. That's what I thought was going to happen mm-hmm. because he's clearly the... I don't want to say he's the weak link because there is no weak link of Undisputed Era, but he's the lowest on the, the food chain there. Um, So to see Roddy get a win over a superstar that they're building up like that, I thought was very refreshing and a good booking decision they didn't make roddy look like a punk um you know he ends up winning uh i oh how did he win it was, was a roll, roll up. up yeah yeah it was a roll up okay because um, he, he didn't because after he won loomis went after him 
Yes, you're right. Dude, Loomis did I am so out. glad that I was on the Loomis bandwagon from the moment that he started in the freaking breakout tournament last year. <laughs> I'm so glad that I've been on this because they've been doing so good with his character, and he's not even them, but he has been doing so well with his character in the ring. Like when Roddy was like, don't look at me, and he just stared at him. Yeah. yeah. And how he. I, 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 He's like impervious to pain. I, I kind of like that. Too. Well, they they're they're doing the thing that where he's like enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And so, like after the match, after Roddy won, he got him in what was essentially the straight jacket hold, cross his finisher outside the ring, and then Undisputed came out and they were you know trying and they just kept kick, kicking him and he wasn't moving. He was just sitting there with the hold still in, and then that was when Velveteen came out. Uh, we had a really really bad jump cut to a move that was obviously edited in. Oh, to the outside. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, to the outside. Yeah, that was really bad. Um, and then... That would have hurt like shit yeah. if it was real. And then it cut to Loomis again with Roddy still in his arms, and he was, like, r- petting him. Petting him. Yeah, he was petting him. Yeah. His eyes were just, like, wide open. Yeah. And, and it, they're, like, hinting at towards Loomis and... Dream being a tag team. And that is the, okay with that. That is what I, I don't, don't want to see. I do not want to yeah. see that. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see that either. You can be allies. That's fine. But I don't want to see them. He should be independent right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the the way that he's going. Yeah, I definitely yeah, agree with that. I do not it. think that that should be. Like they can have a tag team match, you know. Like, but don't make them a, a strange bad fellows. Exactly. Team. Don't. You, don't want you literally just because that would hurt Dream that. too. Yeah. 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 Um, like they just had that and they do not need that anymore. And it would Agreed. do nothing but hurt Loomis in the long run because he's building his own momentum and being his own person right now. And that would just make him, he'd be too lumped in with Velveteen and they'd make him into a I joke agree. character. Yeah. Probably. He'd turn into probably like have a, him start t- cutting promos. Yeah. And... He would do like silly things because he's with Velveteen who does silly things, you know? Right. It works for some people and some, you know, don't, you got something good. You got something good. Don't, don't, don't ruin it yet. Yeah. Uh, again, good God, there was so much stuff that happened. Um, we had Damien Priest basically, um, call out Finn Balor again, uh, talking about how, even though he wants championships, this is a, a new target that presented itself. Uh, you know, he's the first, you know, universal champion or whatever like that, like, um, it basically you just, just calling him out. Um, and that also kind of goes back to, uh, Cameron Grimes as well. Cutting one of the, I, I thought this was one of the better segments of the show. There he is this freaking, <laughs> he's in, he's in hick town. He's got his top hat on and, uh, he's just, he's just all happy cause he beat Finn Balor, someone he used to look up to and stuff like that. And just cutting this country ass freaking promo. Uh, with the freaking you know bluegrass in the background, I loved it. Um, so it looks like Cameron's still on his push. Um, good God. Uh, what else? Let's see here. Oh, uh, I thought one of the the better matches of the the show, probably I, surprisingly for me too, because I'm not usually into these you know kind of jobbing things. Uh. Oni and Danny just absolutely mauled Everrise. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Like, they came out, like, this was just a straight-up beatdown. 
Like, I, they came out. Seeing Oni's running uppercut again was great. You know, they, the governor, Danny. They did it, it just, in my eyes yeah. because their tag division's so weak right now. And they just realized that they broke up their they broke up their ex tag champs. All they have is Imperium and Undisputed. That's all they got right now. Right, and they can constantly remind us that hey, Oni and Danny can freaking go. Which we also, remember that, as a like, side note, what the hell happened to those big dudes with the face paint? Uh, probably in developmental. Remember like, like, like remember yeah or like on Hindu share every yeah. week yeah what happened to those guys <laughs> i don't know yeah Hindu share hasn't been on tv in like three weeks four weeks mm-hmm. it's a good that's a good point because they say they were coming for the tag team championship and then they just fell off clearly the that the changed earth. yeah that changed because after oni and danny won they did the imperium uh taunt mm-hmm. which Awesome. I'm cool with that. I mean, even if Imperium's going to win, because Imperium's probably going to have a good reign here. I love Oni and Danny. Like, I think that they're a really good tag team. You know, probably could be a tag team championship team. They could have been a tag team championship team when they were fighting for it at at TakeOver a year and a half, two years ago. For sure. Yeah, no, they have that, that, that quality. Um but like just to have them in the tag team main event that's good because they've been kind of relegated you know oni had been you know under the radar for so long i think his contract you know details changed he'd been doing his own thing on 205 live for a yeah, while yeah and then he left and, and came then, back like yeah he he's been all over let oni be <laughs> on screen what he is on twitter and you'd have that group would have a personality finally oh my god yeah i mean danny birch is danny birch but but oni just being this crazed out psycho is just so good like when he comes out and his his eyes are like wide open and he comes full throttle with that running uppercut i can't get enough of that running uppercut and then the running blockbuster is beautiful too like he's he's got so much talent um so that that's a good tag team championship feud first one for for imperium i think i think that's a really good way to start out um speaking of that tag team that broke up that marty just mentioned the team that Imperium beat, which was Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher, while Pete Dunne is overseas just watching. Uh, Thatcher challenged Matt Riddle to a uh, knockout or tap-out match. I love the way they phrase that, by the way. Um, basically, no pinfall. Um, and then Riddle said that he wanted to do it in a cage. So next week, I'm guessing that's going to be the main event is uh, Timothy Thatcher against Matt Riddle in a cage fight. I can't wait now, for are someone they do to this... win by in... escaping. <laughs> now, are they going to do this in a cage, or are they going to do it in the lion's den? <laughs> I don't know. I I have issues when they do these type of MMA matches um, because a lot of the times you can it's not believable. Like they're, They look like they're pulling their punches a little bit. What if it turns into a shoot, though? You know, like, you can turn it into a shoot. What if Matt and Timothy say, okay, you know what? We've done this. We've done mixed martial arts before. So, shoot, why not? Let's just go at it. You run the risk of one of them getting hurt or the person that you wanted to win not winning. You run the risk of Thatcher actually knocking out Matt Riddle, which would really hurt (laughs) his, his character and his standing right now. And, and consequently would boost Timothy's, but 
Um, two things. Uh, I love the way that Timoth- Tim uh, delivered that promo. And I love the way that Matt delivered that promo. Mm-hmm. Like, you you can get the goofy side of Matt, and then you can get the pissed off side. And even though he's still a dork, like he's still a threat. It's it's a weird middle ground that you can find with Matt. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what they do with this. Uh, do we have any other matches that were announced for next week? I don't know, uh, but there was they... two more things that I did want to talk about. Was it Shotzi's promo? Oh, my fucking God. Dude, no. <laughs> tell me this did not remind you of some, like, MTV submission. It sounded like, like the it... promo that someone cuts before they're getting off the bus on Next. Dude, it was so bad. Like, I was almost embarrassed watching it. But maybe it's so good that it worked for her, though, because she did it perfect. She did it corny, like corny enough and perfect enough where it's like, hey, you know, I'm going to root for this girl because she's she's cool. Like, she's fun. You know, like I was I was admittedly I was laughing my ass off when she was coming. out. Yeah, but I don't think that that's what they wanted to happen. (laughs) You wanted it to be serious. You think they wanted to be? serious? Yeah. And like, God, it, it was just it was like. I need to hear more of your reaction from this. Bar- clearly, I, I can hear you want to talk. Very about it. cringy, and like the delivery, it was like she was reading off of cue cards behind the camera, and just some of the shit she said, where she was like, "Oh, that's a crushed pixie," and "Ah, oh, this is my tank. I name it Dirty Princess or whatever the hell she named it." And I was just like, "Oh my fucking god, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you want to see what I'm going to do with the women's division? Oh, crushed a pixie, yeah." And it- I was just like sitting there, like, um, wow, I kind of liked Shotzi before this happened, and now I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I don't think that she should be on screen for a little bit. I thought she was going to fire something from the tank. I thought that was going to be cool. But then she, like, she just she ran over cars that had running over an old car. Ran over cars that had already been run over, and it was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then, that, and then there's that, which, like, it's okay when there's a crowd, but, like, when there's no crowd and she's doing it in the empty arenas and when she's doing it in these promos, it's just like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. I can't stop laughing. Yes, that was good. Was that one of the things you wanted to talk that, that It was that one, and then I wanted to talk about Damian Priest's promo. Yeah. Just, that was pretty bland. Enforced, and then what was with the graphic that they had when they were like Damian Priest up next or like tonight? Oh, oh, like where he was like do- shooting the arrow, and then like they he did it. It's almost like he didn't have a still frame. Yeah, it, it looked like uh, yeah. graphics that would be on your morning announcements on the TV in high school. <laughs> it was so bad. I I don't know. I had a lot of like. There was a lot of things production-wise this episode where I was just like, what is happening? What is this? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, One more thing before we get to... So, next week, I think the only thing that was announced was the cage fight. I think. Triple threat match. Uh, if... Oh, yeah, the triple threat match in the cruiserweight. Yeah, that's right. Um, Adam Cole, apparently, uh, and is having a talk with William Regal about the NXT Championship. Uh, don't know where that's going or who's next in line. I don't think it's Dream. Maybe it's Loomis. 
Who knows? I hope not. I don't want them to throw him into it before it needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't think of anybody else who's not been in the picture. Unless they have somebody. Uh, Okay. Yeah. That's good on that episode. Uh, Real quick. um, On AEW. I love this this card they have for Double or Nothing. Um, I've been watching, and I'm really excited because Jake Roberts, dude, I swear to God, they had a segment between him and Arn Anderson because Cody Rhodes is facing Lance Archer for the TNT Championship. Um, and they were basically, you know, hyping it up. But Jake, dude, the way that he cuts promos is like nobody else I know. And like... It's even better because he has his voice because he's probably smoked so many cigarettes in his life. Like he has this like raspy ass delivery. That's just so good. And he just shoots from the hip. Like he doesn't need any kind of cue cards and stuff like that. Like if you didn't see that segment, I highly suggest you actually go watch that. Cause it was really good. Um, and Arn can cut a promo too. I haven't really heard Arn cut too many promos. Cause I didn't live in 1986, you know, like, so, um, but but he held his own on the microphone too, and those two just going at it was was great. Um, I'm betting we see a spot. I would be so surprised to see Jake take a bump. Oh, dude, but, I don't think so. I. But if he did, uh, because he's been doing DDP yoga, if he did and took a spine buster from Arn, um, I'd be very surprised. But like, to, I I also wouldn't be. I could see it happening just because he's been so featured on prominent programs. Yeah, I, but, I I could not see him taking a bump. I could not. Maybe he takes a fake punch from Mike Tyson. Maybe. <laughs> um, that okay. There was another thing. Uh, they had this spot with uh Ray Phoenix. I don't know if you saw this. Oh my god! First of all. I like I am starved to watch Ray Phoenix wrestle every like every time I see like I think I think this dude is literally like probably the most athletic person in the ring like in the world <laughs> like he, he I have no idea how he does half the things he does uh but he did this like tope springboard thing where he jumped on the ropes and then he went backwards and then he did this like whisper in the wind looking thing in the air but he got so much height and it sucks because the landing was so bad there were like five people that were taking the bump and none of them like caught him cleanly uh i'm hoping that he's good to go i think he's good to go um for double or nothing but dude like it was one of the craziest spots i've ever seen um it just just outstanding outstanding uh and then thirdly uh the main event thing on AEW was awesome they had uh First of all, Matt and Sammy Guevara killed it. Um, good to see Matt. I haven't seen Matt in like a singles match in so long. Uh, he was in great shape, and Guevara was really good as always. Um, but this ended up pouring out to the uh, Jaguar Stadium because that's what uh, the main event at Double or Nothing is, uh, where it's the elite versus the inner circle. So inner circles, you know, ambushing, uh, you know, parts of the elite. Uh, then for the first time in weeks, we see the young bucks. They jump off of a barricade there uh, in the the football stadium. It's still a five on four affair. Um, Was this when Hangman jumped and, Randy? Yes. Of the football field? This is 
That yes. was funny. I did. Yes, see this that. is when Hangman. Hangman came and out of nowhere, it was awesome. He ran the length of the of the literal football field, came in hot, just freaking clotheslined the shit out of one of the members of Inner Circle. And no, it was one of the coolest like entrances that we've seen. Um, I I saw a tweet dude, about dude that. Flying. I will send to you. Um, dude was flying. It was sick. I loved it. Um, he. I love Hangman so much. I'm so glad to see him back. Uh, but he uh, came in, and, and clearly now we're going to have our five-on-five five at uh, double or nothing. And that's that's good because uh, we needed the full the full thing there. And they had been, like mentioned literally, like they said, like the reason some of these superstars haven't been here is because they've been quarantining and been like, uh, you know, upfront about things. Um, but I'm, I'm so happy about that. That's so good. Um, that's going to be again this this pay-per-view is going to be pretty pretty solid. Uh, I'll pull up the card now. We'll make some quick predictions. We'll get to the uh we'll get to the uh bracket and then uh we'll go ahead and get us out of here. So, uh let's go to the double or nothing card. We will start out um with MJF versus Jungle Boy. Uh MJF has by the way, MJF's undefeated in 2020. Um and I think he's only lost He's lost one match technically, and it was in a fatal four-way where he wasn't pinned since he's entered AEW. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is. Um, I I really like him, by the way. Uh, he's just he's got this brashness about him that I think uh, not many other uh, you know people have. Agreed. I mean, I agree. So yeah, I'm gonna take MJF here. I just don't think they're gonna stop his momentum, even though they do like they like the um. I forget what they uh Luchasaurus's group. I forget what they call him, but I don't know. Uh Jurassic Express, that's right. Um but I'm going to take uh, MJF here just cuz I don't think they're going to I think they're going to get him into the main event picture here soon. Yeah, I'll agree. Okay. Um on the pre-show uh Private Party versus Best Friends, uh that is for the number 1 contendership for the AEW Tag Team Championships, which is held currently by Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Still. They still have it? Yep. Oh. They do. Uh, they do. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the best friends. Sure. Okay. Just because uh, Private Party uh, has had their shot. But it, it sucks because Private Party's kind of just fallen under the, you know, under the radar a little bit. They haven't been on, on television. Um Best Friends has been all over television. They've been having some hella good matches. Uh, dude, Chucky T's finisher is just crazy looking. It's called the Awful Waffle. <laughs> and, it, dude, it's like this pile driver. Like, it's nasty looking. I'm telling you, you got to look that up. It's uh, it's good. Um, plus, they have uh, our boy Orange. Um, Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes. Uh, this one was just made because Spears was basically calling him a little bitch for being retired, and he didn't have a match on the card, so he wanted to call somebody out, and he called Dustin out on what looked like the Randy Orton News Network thing from, like, 2002. <laughs> uh, it was called the the Sean Spears Network, but uh, he called him out, so it looks like we're going to get that. Um, I will take Sean because he needs a win. 
Uh, okay. I don't think that Dust Dustin's gonna put. I I think Dustin's gonna put people over on his way out. Mm-hmm. You know, and Sean actually like it's not that he needs a win so bad, but he needs a pay per view win. Okay. Uh, this one is just a another uh, nothing with no uh, title on the line or anything like that. But uh, Doctor Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Um, I'm gonna go with Doctor Britt. Granted, she can wrestle. Because there was a spot on the show where she I saw a report that she is out for six months. She hurt her knee bad. Like they, uh, there was a spot where Hikaru Shida and Statlander sent Nyla Rose into her into the it, while she was uh, on the ground and by the turnbuckle, and it was Nyla like landed right on her knee. Oh so, yeah, I had seen the report yeah. that she was out. Oh, that sucks. She'd really been picking up momentum too. She'd been doing like some really good stuff too, like like entertaining stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Sheeta and uh, Rose, that for the championship, it's no DQ. Nyla versus Sheeta. Sheeta's been the number one contender for twelve weeks. Um, I'm gonna say they keep it on Nyla. Um, if you want to imagine Nyla, Nyla is like a, a dominant, uh you know, heavyweight, big woman that is actually good. Like, you know, like, unlike what WWE pushes, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, Nyla's actually good. <laughs> um, So I think that they're going to have her retain against Sheeta. Sheeta's, Sheeta's really good, too. Um, I remember watching her first one, her first match when AEW started. Um, But I think that Nyla's going to end up getting the the win here. Uh, she's got too much momentum, I think. This is going to be the match of the night in my eyes. Uh, basically, their mo- their version of the money in the bank, except it's not... They're, they're not going to carry around a briefcase for a year. But this is called the Casino Ladder Match. Winner of this gets a shot at the AEW Championship. Okay? Okay. Um... There is uh, two men in the ring, and a new competitor enters every 90 seconds. All right? Uh, So I don't know who's going to start here. Um, But uh, right now, it is Darby Allen versus Cole Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian versus Frankie Kazarian versus Luchasaurus Versus unknown. Oh yeah, there's one last entry, isn't there? Yes, and it's uh, not going to be revealed until Saturday. So yeah, for the, that'll definitely be a good match. So for the championship, uh, uh, who do I want to win? I I want Phoenix to win, but obviously he's in a tag team. Um, Pentagon's not been able to be on TV though because of travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they do give it to Ray. Uh, who can I see winning it? I could see Scorpio Sky winning it. Um, and I can see Darby Allen winning it. So those are the three people that I'm keeping in mind Ray, Scorpio, and Darby Allen. Um, I'm interested to see who this mystery person is though. Uh, who are you going to take in that one? I uh, dude, I genuinely I wouldn't even be able to begin 
to pick somebody on that one. But you just say a name. Um, I only remember Ray Phoenix, so let's go him. All right, good. <laughs> Stadium Stampede, uh, the Elite versus the Inner Circle. This match is happening with a ring at the 50-yard line at Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. And pinfalls count anywhere. They can go anywhere in the stadium. Which, as much as people don't like gimmicky shit, I think this is cool because we've never seen a match at a, at a football stadium. So, uh, in this particular one... Oh, man, I think the elite are going to win, and that's just not because they're the elite. It's because they've been on television less, and they need it because Inner Circle's been running roughshod over everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think the elite's going to win. And uh, don't forget, this is Matt Hardy's first pay-per-view match with AEW. Yeah. Uh, TNT Championship, Cody and Lance Archer. I think that Cody's going to win here, and that's not just because he's the... CEO or whatever. I think that Cody also is somebody that could use a win like this. Archer's been billed as this big freaking monster that can't be stopped. Um, and Cody is in a personal rivalry with him because Jake the Snake's been messing with Brandy all this time. Um, and then remember the the winner gets presented the championship by Mike Tyson, but Mike Tyson isn't only there to present the title. He's also there to kind of enforce it. It's not like WrestleMania 13 where you can count to three, but Jim Ross basically said that Tyson can do whatever he wants during that match. Yeah. So, and then we have finally the championship, the world championship match, uh, Mox versus Brody Lee. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Mox here. That's the main event. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. So we are set there uh, for double or nothing. Let's knock out a round of our um, bracket, and then we'll go ahead and get out of here. Let's see. Yeah, I'm doing good. I said we, we would go like 45, 50. We're doing good, especially with the random stoppages we've had during recording. Pro tip for everyone doing a podcast. Uh, if you're doing it online, sometimes you might drop out, and it gets quite frustrating. It's happened like three times. All right. Left side of our Sweet 16 round. I have in my hand the one versus the five. I've got Hulk and Brett. I have Hulk and I have Brett. And I'm going to take Brett. (laughs) I, uh, I have to agree. I'm going to take Brett. So let's fill on that one there. Five. Okay. And then for the 3-2 matchup, I have Shawn Michaels versus Randy Orton. As do I. Hoo-wee. Again, this comes down to familiarity with us, but at the same time, we're familiar. We're very familiar with both. Um, God. I am going to take. I'm going to take Sean. I also took Sean. That's tough. That's not easy. That's not easy at all. Um, 
because Randall is outstanding at what he does when he cares. Sean has always cared. Maybe that's why I do that. You know, Sean, no matter what, Sean's always cared and he's always given us the best of the best of the best. Randy has mailed it in a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see those two go at it, though. I don't think we ever saw that at the re- the, re- the WrestleMania stage. But we've seen it on Raw and stuff, I'm sure. Okay. Um, one seed Ric Flair against five seed Dusty Rhodes. Well, now, that's a classic right there. Uh, I can't have Rick lose, but, man, how many times did Rick and Dusty hook it up? You've got a different matchup for me entirely. All right, go ahead. Mine was Kurt Angle versus Edge. <laughs> oh, that's where the you suck started. Yeah, uh, I took Kurt over Edge. Okay. Dang, you have a you have a, a eight seed in the final, or the Elite Eight there. And again, disrespectful because Kurt Angle is an eight seed, but um, that's that's cool though. I like it. Um, that's a that's a really good match, Angle and Edge. Okay, uh, and then I have three and two down here, which is Bruno San Martino against John Cena. Got to go with Big Match John. Agreed. Got to go with Big Match John, and uh, that leaves for one hell of a fight there in the Elite Eight for me. Uh, we will complete our Sweet 16 round uh, next time we do this podcast. Yeah. So, so we on are, that left yeah. side, I've got Brett versus HBK and Kurt versus John going forward. And I've got... I can't read. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. <laughs> wow. And uh, Ric Flair versus John Cena. So this is getting really fun. I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, we will complete that round next time we do podcast and uh that's about all i've got for you today i do want to send out uh, our deepest thoughts and sympathies to the family of uh shad uh tragically passed away this week um in in an accident where he was trying to save his son um just can't can't say enough about uh the kind of man that he was obviously to sacrifice himself for uh his loved one his, his little boy so I uh, just wanted to say uh, rest in peace, Shad, and uh, same same rest in peace to uh, Owen Hart as well. Uh, he had, uh, there was a special on Vice to the final uh, show of Dark Side of the Ring uh, this week, and it spotlighted Owen Hart's uh, tragic uh, death at uh, Over the Edge in 1999, and um, send our best over to the Hart family, Martha, Oge, and uh, his daughter. So just wanted to say that, uh, not to put anybody in a, in a somber mood, but uh, felt it had to be said. So um, with that, I'd like to say we are on Twitter at GimmickPod. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Stick to the Gimmick. I am on Twitter at Spinny Wrestling. Marty is on Twitter at Martin David Harp. Of course, we are part of the Between the Ropes Podcast Network, BTR Podcast Network. Between the Ropes, Brian Fritz. Uh, go over and check out his page. I'm not sure if he's got any new episodes uh, for the past couple weeks, but uh, they are they are pretty current. So uh, make sure you go ahead and listen to those. Leave a comment, give him a subscription, uh, and listen to him at any podcast uh, 
source that you need to, just like you do for us. You can leave us a comment, give us a subscription, any types of tips or pointers. We will gladly take them and uh, we'd love to interact with you. So that's it for me. I'll leave it off to my wonderful co-host here to tell you about all of the great things we have for you on the next episode, which will be 108. Everybody enjoy Double or Nothing, and we'll see you next time. Don't mind me making an incredible amount of noise in the background. I'm just trying to plug in my Fitbit watch because it died, and I'm trying to charge it while I'm sitting right next to the plug. So if you're wondering what all that banging was, that's what it was. So have fun with that. Um but yeah, episode 108 next week. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of our bracket, which we're coming to a close with. I went ahead and did a little bit of mine in advance, so I already know how this round finishes, and I've got some pretty good matchups coming up. I mean, like, just saying. Um, but talking about all the NXT things next week, you know, we got the triple threat match where we're hopefully getting some payoffs for some shit. Um, don't know if the Riddle Thatcher matches next week or not, but I guess we'll find out. And, you know, just the lead up into In Your House, which is in a couple weeks. So there's all that. Obviously, Double or Nothing is this weekend. I probably won't watch it, um, but we all know Spencer will. So be prepared to hear about that next week because you know he's going to talk about it. Um, Episode 108 next week. And, of course, just can't forget the world's best guest host, Jonah Hill. I mean, he's always here, never disappoints. So what are you going to do? Like, you can't get away from him. Not that you never want to be away from him because he's the best co-host that's ever existed in the history of co-hosts. So, you know, Jonah Hill, killing it, killing, killing the game. And coronavirus has never slowed him down because he's always here. Next week, 108, all the stuff, wrestling things, NXT, with your boys. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.